Hey everybody, it's me Trisha from Marina and Trisha Figure It Out, here to give a proper trigger warning for today's episode. Marina and I talk about our mental health journey and some topics that came up were anxiety, depression, suicide, and other really heavy topics that could be triggering for some people. If you are triggered by any of these topics, please, please, please do not listen to this podcast. We have other podcast episodes out there. There are other great podcasts out there that you can listen to. We love and thank everybody for their support and listening to our episodes but again if you are somebody that is triggered by any topics such as anxiety depression suicide or heavy subjects that come with mental health discussion skip this episode we really hope you guys enjoy for those who are able to listen and yeah we'll talk to you guys next time goodbye everyone welcome back to another episode of figure it out with marina and trisha i'm marina i'm trisha and today, we're, you know, we're just going to talk about, like, mental health and how, you know, how this pandemic and how life has been treating us as of late and <laughs> where where we are with everything. Um, it's going to be a very candid, very uh, spontaneous, I guess, podcast. Yeah. Just, Did you know? Yeah. <laughs> Just talking about it. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, we talked about this episode idea last week after we did our second episode. And I think we both agreed that it was just a really good idea to talk about it, considering that right now we're seeing this really awesome, like, phenomenon of people being more aware of mental health and being more open and allowing people to be more open to talk about it. And I think, you know, I'm sure people are kind of tired of hearing this talk about mental health, but it really is important. And I think for a lot of people during the pandemic was the eye opener for people to realize, oh, I do have things that I actually need to work through. At least for me, that was kind of a defining moment for myself was being alone with myself here at home, whether it was working or doing school. And I realized, oh my God, yeah, I have a lot of things to work on about myself that I didn't know about. I should probably go get help. So yeah, this is going to be, yeah, this is going to be just really cash, not really cash, just like your two best friends talking to you about their mental health. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I think you mentioned it. It was like, um, we've had a lot of alone time. Yeah. You know? It's like, even if you're in a house full of people that are going through like, like, okay, at the beginning of the quarantine, right? We were, from my own experience, it was me, Melissa, and our roommate at the time and there there was a specific amount of time where we really didn't see each other Melissa was off with her current boyfriend um with her boyfriend at the time and uh, if I was in my room my roommate was in uh, her room and we didn't come out at all <laughs> and it's like uh out of habit I guess but it really forced us to just like like if you're naturally a hermit, you will, you will go into your little cocoon and you'll stay there. And even though I had a lot of time to like reflect on things from like the past or what was currently happening, I think it was still damaging at the same time because I didn't have any interaction. I wasn't 
motivated to go outside and breathe the not so fresh air of Burbank um and like and it was after a while you just kind of feel sluggish you're not really eating and it wasn't until I think I moved out when I was like oh you know maybe we should get off of our get out of the bed yeah I have to have an event I'm sitting in my bed right now um (laughs) so it's a work in progress is my point (laughs) this is a comfy spot of course a siren happens right now this is just (laughs) this is just to show you guys the contrast of Marina who lives 30 minutes outside of Los Angeles and like a really nice quiet neighborhood I think your neighborhood I think your neighborhood is nice and quiet compared to mine yeah planes not so many sirens but versus me who like lives right outside of downtown LA and has like everything happening but okay sidetrack anyway but you know what's interesting is that you mentioned that living in that apartment was kind of like the be-all for me it was the minute that I moved out of that apartment. So I moved out of that apartment in December of 2019. Um, right after I finished, right after I had finished, I officially graduated. Um, and you guys like went to Houston or something, right? You guys went, went to on, Dallas. you guys went to Dallas for a student government trip and mm-hmm. y'all came back and I was just gone. It was literally the three people that she interacted with the most <laughs> went on this trip and abandoned her inside the apartment. It was like, oh, no, it was pretty sad. Oh, fuck we you weren't even there when you woke up because we left super early. Yeah, that's like, true. You guys, yeah, yeah. we. <laughs> like, I miss my best friends and my boyfriend. Yeah, well, fuck you guys. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Trisha. Sorry, yeah. Oh my God. I remember like packing felt so weird because I had spent almost like a full, almost full year and a half, almost two years kind of like not living at home anymore. So it was kind of starting to feel really nice. And at least when we were living together, we had the three of us, you know, like we were in the mornings, we'd eat breakfast together, we'd go to school together, we would come home we'd eat together or watch TV in the living room together, or like we would go on a grocery runs or whatever, yeah. but we were always together. So when I came back home to my parents, you know, I had my room to myself and my mom works, my dad works. And so it was kind of weird being just like, it was weird coming home to like my mom really tired on the couch because you know she heard, she came out from work my dad either coming back from work or not having come back from work so it was really weird it was like I don't I have these two people to talk to these are my parents and I love them a lot but I'm missing my friends so the I mean the cool thing was is that my job was really close to our our university so if I you know got off work and I wasn't going to go to the gym I would go to the university and see you guys but once the pandemic actually happened like the shutdown um obviously that completely changed like my work my job for like a month was still going to the office but it was like rotating or you know we would it would just be two people 
And then, you know, we got the, we got the email, the, we're going to go completely remote. And we're just like, yes, like I don't have to drive anymore. Fuck yeah. Like I hate this job anyway. Like, yeah, fuck that job. (laughs) Hell yeah. I get to work from home. But that, as soon as I started working from home, it got even worse. And even, and even before, even before the whole shutdown, I had already kind of hit a point where I thought to myself, yeah, I need, I, I need to go to therapy. I remember that distinctly. It was in like January and February. I was just having these really horrible, like panic slash anxiety attacks before I would go to sleep. And it was like constant. Like I wasn't able to go to sleep. I was super anxious, just like with doing daily things, like driving, answering emails, phone calls. I was like, so scared, but I don't know what it was. And, you know, I thought to myself, okay, this is not, this is not right. Something is not, something isn't working out here. So in the morning I kind of snapped at work. I was I, I don't know what it, I can't remember what I said exactly to my boss, but I basically said like, I just, I need to be outside right now because I can't, I can't think. Mm-hmm. And he's like, are you okay? And I'm like, I don't really know. I just, I can't think right now. So I'm going to sit outside for a while. And he's just like, yeah, go for it. And the first thing I did was I called Kaiser and I was like, hello, um, I would like to, uh, get a therapist, please. <laughs> And they're like, okay, well, you have to, you know, we would have to book you for an appointment where you kind of do like a questionnaire, like a survey. It's like 45 minutes. It's kind of to see where you're at mentally. And I'm like, perfect. (laughs) And I think in a couple of like two days after that, I got the call and it was, I, oh, I hate those questions so much. I hate them so much, especially when they get to... Do you do you often fantasize about um, you disappearing physically or whatever? And I'm like, no, I'm just really anxious and I can't sleep. You know, I mean, it's necessary questions, but I think in, in my case, I don't know. It felt so weird to have those questions asked. Um, you know, I don't. I've never contemplated suicide. Um, even when I was like severely bullied in middle school and I think you and I can both attest to this middle school and high school was kind of a really scary time because that whole cyberbullying phenomenon blew up and everybody, there were just so many people that I knew about or heard of, or were in my neighborhood that were committing suicide because of this, this crap of the internet and all that. And so, you know, I think it kind of just, I think when I got those questions asked to me, it was kind of a flashback of, you know, getting those talks at school, you know, that, that's not the answer and here are resources and, and this and that. And my parents kind of like worrying about me when I was getting picked yeah. on a lot in school. And so, yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't say, yeah, yeah. I don't think, like, I don't hate those questions because, they are necessary to be asked. I think I just hated how it made me feel. Thinking like, oh, ooh, I remember that, that like growing up and and remembering that in the freaking movie. Oh my fucking god! Do you remember the movie Cyberbully? 
kind of Emily Osment yeah I don't I don't remember a lot of it I don't think I've did I see it all the way through I don't know but I know what you're talking about yeah that was that was rough rough. ended me oh that ruined me but yeah I think at least for me I'm kind of happy that I started a little bit early with the mental health journey before the pandemic hit but Mm -hmm. also really pissed off because once the pandemic hit everything kind of just went like I felt like I was going up a hill bro what is all these emails just you guys you know what just accept the fact that I get emails on freaking daily so yeah anyway but I felt as if I was going up a hill with my mental health journey and then the pandemic happened, then the stay-at-home order happened, and then the stay-at-home order, like, permanently stayed. Mm -hmm. And everything just went, poof, just like a a car crash, like, in my face. That's how I felt for a while last Mm -hmm. year. Yeah, I think what started mine was like it wasn't the pandemic it was a couple of years earlier school was was what I was trying to deal with and it was was like in 2018 um and I went through like you know I had a I had an appointment with Kaiser and then they put me through like this program I forgot what it was called um but it's pretty much like an AA for mental health, right? You sit in a room oh and it's like the group, the group therapy. Yeah, it's like this intensive care oh, thing. Yeah. And we like talk about, you know, um, different ways of coping. They have a psychiatrist come in and talk about different kinds of medication. Um, and if you wanted to speak to a psychiatrist, you could. Uh, I don't have the guts to like start medication just because like I'm afraid of side effects. Um, yeah. But like if it says chances of vomiting absolutely not <laughs> i'm afraid of throwing up <laughs> like what <laughs> Can't do that. Like, that gives me anxiety <laughs> um, but and then we, we would talk to you know um, mindfulness meditation all this other stuff um i had to end that because of school right i had to end it early and then um you know things if, you, if they're not dealt with they could kind of fester and started eat, eating at you and I went to another um one other appointment and I just cried I couldn't even get anything out you know like it was um it was like that my back was starting to hurt because I was hyperventilating mm-hmm. and I'm like oh I don't like this <laughs> and if the next session is like this I don't want to do it so I, I hadn't gone to I hadn't gone to see anybody for like that was my last session I've only had two sessions of therapy and I and I felt like I couldn't handle it um so from there it was kind of just like you know we'll just ignore it because that's yeah. that I, was the best situation at the time exactly because we have so much other shit to do and so yeah. much other shit to worry about um and then you know you go through a year and you discover things about yourself and you go through things with other people um and then the pandemic hits right and you're kind of forced to like like no one is around (laughs) it's you and your thoughts so 
you either just deal with it or you let fester and you just sit in it. So I sat in it for an hour. My tactic is very much to, if anyone can relate to just like, you know, uh, close your eyes and wish it, wish it goes away. Um, yeah, just like, can it see me? It can't see me, right? You can't see me. It's not. Yeah, exactly. Um, so through like the entire year, it was kind of just like, like when the pandemic hit in March, we all went, um, uh, our school shut down and we all went to online. It was like, oh, thank God. Like there was, there was a lot of like, big relief and it sucks to say because so many people were hurt by this and so many people died and it's like um at the same time it was like well we don't have to go through the busiest most hectic semester that because it was going to be very yeah hectic with all of them no one was ready for any of the things that were canceled at that school we like you know so um we went to where was I going with this we went to online and I you know I edit my thesis it was fine I was I was on my own time it was it was very it was a very easy last semester of college but when it was over and nothing really happened it was kind of like well, fuck me then. I'm shit. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, because nothing that, I mean, there's plenty of other high school graduating classes and college graduates that went through the same thing where it's like you go through X amount of years of higher education, it's supposed to be this big deal, and then it just wasn't. Yeah, nothing. It like, just, okay. Yeah. And, you know, having to deal with that for the year. Yeah. Yeah. Because they spent a whole year to decide whether or not they were going to do something for us. Yeah. Well, if you were going to do virtual, why can't you have done it back then? I know it would. August. (laughs) (sighs) But, you know, we've moved on. (laughs) Yeah, we're done. We're, girl, we are like done next chapter in our life we're next in the master's program right. um you know what is so I think a lot of people can relate but I too recognize now that a lot of this shit that I started going to therapy for last year actually was like started with school because mm-hmm. you know I think this goes with I think at least for me I recognize that this goes with just being a child of an immigrant mm-hmm. <laughs> or two immigrants because my both of my parents are immigrants yeah. um so I get twice the traditional <laughs> generation double teamed over here <laughs> double teamed in traditional generational trauma <laughs> mm-hmm. but you know my parents were so my parents from the very beginning of when I was a child they reminded me that my life is up from up to me right i i choose what i'm going to do in my life and one of the things that i can choose to control and make my own was school and mm-hmm. so i was that child that took school like really seriously like i wouldn't eat until my homework was done when i'd get home and i don't know and you know they never told me oh you can't eat until you finish your homework it was just something in me that i i was like school is so important that i have to do this first before i can do anything else 
And that kind of translated into literally the rest of my entire school career life. Um, So, you know, like in university, I felt I knew that I was putting a lot of pressure on myself to do all of these classes, work two or three jobs and still like participate in school and still do this kind of stuff. But it was fun. (laughs) it was fun and all my friends are doing it so I'm gonna do it too Mm -hmm. and I didn't have to think about any of the stuff going on with me because I didn't have enough time I didn't have time to think about myself or to think about um or just like at least stop and reflect like how am I really feeling today it's like nope don't have time right I have time I gotta go do this (laughs) gotta go do that and you know I'm happy that I became an RA because that was such a rewarding experience. But at the same time, that also just fucked me over because now it's not only that I have to think about school and work. I have to think about like 60 other people that I'm in charge of or like, you know, the almost 200 people that were living on our campus because our our campus was so small. Um, I have to think about them on the daily. Mm -hmm. I dedicate my time every week to be on call every week or like actually twice a week i think it was twice a week everybody did two times yeah um like two or three times a month but you know like even that was a lot to kind of ask for somebody who was taking full time and part of like a literary magazine and doing all this other stuff but school was my my own escape and because I focus so much on school, you know, I really didn't want to focus on mental health. Like I started going to therapy at our school, but for other reasons. Um, and I thought, oh, okay, you know, like I did enough and now I know what to do. And now I'm going to get the fuck out of here because mm-hmm. I need to go on with my life. But once especially last year the first time that I started going to therapy and you know I talked a lot about like school and school and school and I started my master's program while I was still going to therapy I don't think that was a good idea but oh well here we are now (laughs) and graduate and here I am um talking shit (laughs) (laughs) talking shit (laughs) talking hell and shit but I started telling my therapist about school and all this stuff and they kind of they kind of made it a point to tell me and help have me recognize that I filled up all my time with school because I was running away from something and the reason why I feel even worse during the pandemic um, is because now I don't have anywhere to run yeah which was really hard which it was really hard to even understand that because I'm here at home by myself. I work every day from home. During the pandemic, you couldn't go to the gym. You, you know, malls weren't open. All these tourist attractions were not open. So like, here I am fucking at home. You and Melissa are back home permanently. My boyfriend moved back to Fresno. And I think it just having people that I really cared about so far away from me, mm-hmm. like killed me, honestly, yeah. it was, it was really, really hard. I remember calling Matt one night and crying to him, telling him that I feel incredibly alone. Yeah. 
And it sucks to, it sucks to remember that because I, I was shaking. I was like hyperventilating while I was crying. I'm like, I can't do this anymore. I'm so alone and everything. I don't have friends. I, you know, I don't, I don't even have support for grad school. I don't know what I want to do with my life. I don't know what I'm doing with my life. Like, and I just kept saying like, I'm really, I just, I'm so alone. I'm so alone. And yeah, it was the first time that I was physically alone with myself for a really long period of time. And it was just like this big eye opener to me that I'm like, wow, yeah, I filled up all my time with school and work and, you know, do quote unquote adult things that I, I ran away from developing myself, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think I can relate completely too, because it's like our life for so long was in Burbank with you guys. Yeah. And coming back, like we, coming back to, first of all, a smaller room. <laughs> we share a room. <laughs> it's so small in here. Yeah, um, yeah, the room was pretty big at the apartment. <laughs> Um, but coming back and even like, I, I love my family and we haven't been close to each other in a long time, close proximity wise, like physically in a long time. Cause we're over there, they're here and it's still like a house full of people. And I somehow still, I somehow feel alone. I somehow feel like I, I don't have any friends cause I can't see any friends and I'm not the one to like reach out to people. I know that. Um, and then, you know, from graduating and everything, like you go through these growing pains, like after high school, where you feel like you're so insignificant. And yeah. Because it's like a chapter closing, literally. So yeah. after college, especially, and then with the pandemic, that's amplified by 10 times. So it's like, okay. <laughs> We're just gonna, we're gonna sit here oh and we're gonna hope for the best and we're gonna try and stay healthy because that's scaring the shit out of us too. And it's like, what what are we seeing? That's when I, I think I started thinking about because like a lot of the times when I get really down um, and I'm like laying in my bed, I think like literally like this is too hard, like living. It's too, it's too hard. How am I supposed to make money enough to both pay off my bills and to like support myself? How am I supposed to make enough money to buy a car for a license that I don't have? <laughs> like, how am I supposed to move out of my parents' house when I have no job and no money? Like very much. I don't know if you remember the the scene in Pride and Prejudice from 2005, where Charlotte is her friend is just like, I'm 27 years old. I'm already a burden to my parents. No money, no prospects. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh my god, it's very much me, but at 24. 20. Um, 24. Yeah, yeah you're 24. <laughs> 23. No, I'm. They're 25. 23 turning 24 at the time. Yeah. And I'm just like, how? Like, how you? I don't know if I want. Like, I. I was never. Uh. I never thought about harming myself, but at the same time, I was like, God, I don't think I can do it. And it, like, and that's, that shit scared me, you know, like I was freaking crying in my bed. This was, this was recently too. <laughs> <laughs> this was like, so yeah. So I called, I called Kaiser again, uh, 
Sunday? No. Friday. I don't know when, but I had my first appointment yesterday. Um, was it yesterday? What's today? Wednesday? I had my first appointment Monday. See, and that's another thing. I don't know what the calendar is anymore. <laughs> <laughs> when you're living our kind of life, you don't even know what kind of day it is. I know for real. We just need, um, we just know we have to show up on Zoom every other weekend. Exactly. <laughs> every other weekend. Maybe. No, fall doesn't have every like two weeks or every three weeks. Yeah, that's just a lot. We, we only meet like six times um, a semester. Yeah. It's like scattered. Do you know we have class on my birthday, by the way? I'm not showing up to my class. I have to. It's Johnny. It's fiction. I, I don't know shit. <laughs> um, anyway, the the appointment went great. We're just working through like anxiety and stuff because uh, I had an episode on my birthday um, in a bus. <laughs> it's like I couldn't go anywhere, and all I wanted to do was get home. Right, like all I wanted to do was get back to the hotel. And every little thing seemed to be getting in the way. And that was getting to me. And it's like, we had to wait for the bus to, to fill up. And we had to wait till a certain time because I was the last bus of the night. It was full. People started, you know, putting their, uh, their little two cents in, like, it's COVID. What are we doing here? Like, and it just, it just, um, yeah. Overloaded everything. So I had a panic attack and we had to leave and, it scared Melissa. She started crying and I'm just like, okay, I have to, and I'm getting on a plane next week. <laughs> How the hell am I supposed to do that when I can't even handle like tight spaces? But, <laughs> I don't even think it's tight spaces. It's the fact that I have to wait in a contained area yeah. for X amount of minutes, X amount of hours. And it's like, I can't, um, we're gonna work through that and hopefully I won't freak out about playing poetry. <laughs> it's so interesting how like at least for me, I don't know about you. I think I'm finally really understanding like all of my quote unquote triggers, especially for my anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, so at like for me, I was diagnosed last year with high functioning anxiety disorder. It's really complicated to explain, but basically I look fine and I function really, really well, but I am constantly anxious but I can function. So my anxiety doesn't, doesn't um, like completely shut me down for a day. It's just, I just, you know, I can physically still work through it and work every day. Um, I have noticed for me that like certain foods fuck me over. Really? Yeah. And it's weird. Um, I've like, I've done my research and I've asked my therapist. Um, so like coffee, I can't fucking drink that coffee immediately triggers an anxiety attack and when I get an anxiety attack again I don't know about you but I feel it in my chest go up to my throat and it feels it feels like heartburn but it's not heartburn Mm -hmm. and like I that that is like my physical like what I physically feel like mentally I just like mentally I'm just like so more hyper aware of everything that's going on and I get really exhausted right after so it's like, I'm really hyper aware of everything and I'm scared. And then I am so tired Yeah. in a couple of hours because it's passed and all my body is like, <sighs> and I'm just yeah. like, damn, wait, please. Like, can you get the energy back up? Because we're not done with the day. I still had things to do here. Like I wanted to finish things. Um, so coffee completely 
cut it out because like last year I was like oh I can get like those Starbucks like instant coffee things from Target put some ice put some hazelnut creamer there's my iced coffee I'm gonna do that in the morning and then I was like gee I feel really awful like I'm gonna oh my god also like I can't oh like that was what that was me the day and so I told my therapist and she's like have you been eating anything differently I'm like food really she's like yeah and I said, I'm making coffee. And she's like, like, what kind of coffee? I'm like, like Starbucks iced coffee. She's like, she's like, and do you normally drink coffee? I'm like, no. And she's like, um, hello. <laughs> she's like, girl, maybe that's what it is. Yeah. Uh, I can't, I only drink matcha or, <laughs> only drink matcha or like chai, yeah. like a chai latte or, you know, like like a like a milk tea boba <laughs> like milk yeah. tea um but yeah I really can't I cannot drink like anything highly caffeinated um why the fuck do people decide to do their lawn at this hour I can't hear anything oh, you can't hear anything never mind no. <laughs> I can hear it so that's bothering me I can hear beeping because there's a factory next door and I'm like what the fuck dude <laughs> Um, (laughs) so no coffee i really can't have anything like sugary after a certain point of the day it just fucks me over yeah um yeah i don't know it's like it's really weird i've also noticed too just like different things that i do throughout the day will just like also trigger it like if i don't (laughs) (laughs) that is it that is I don't know what that was. It was like a cough and breathing at the same time. Yeah. Um, I've noticed that if I don't make my bed during the day, it kind of triggers my anxiety. So like I function really well when my space is really clean. So I've just got into the habit now where I know I have to clean my space or else my anxiety is just like, oh, your space isn't clean. You're such a mess. You're not going to do anything in life. That's how yeah. That's it's how like, spirals. Yeah, it spirals. So, and I know, and then I know throughout the week, if I haven't cleaned my space, it's because something has been bothering me. So then I have to be like, what is it that's bothering me? Like, be very honest with yourself. Yeah. yeah. Because last year, the pandemic, um, especially in the summer, is when I like went, I literally just nosedive into just like depression. It went from anxiety disorder to just full on, boof, depression. Uh, as some of you may know, I had a podcast last year during, during the break between like the first season and the second season that was supposed to come out. I just completely let go of myself. Like the only reason I was waking up in the morning was to do school, but, and that was it. I kind of went back and forth between eating a lot and not eating at all. Mm. And it wasn't. It wasn't because I was, you know, when I tell people this, they're just like, oh, see, I had an eating disorder. And I'm like, no, not really. Like it wasn't, you know, it wasn't anything that was linked to like, at least I don't think it was linked to like an eating disorder or like body dysmorphia that causes an eating disorder. It was just, it was just my, my mind saying like, we need to eat a lot today. Or my mind mm-hmm. saying like, not yet. It's not time to eat yet. Like you still have more things to do, so you can't eat yet. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. I can't eat yet because I have a lot of things to do. So, like, that's kind of how my anxiety blocks things, at least for me. 
especially with eating, like I really started noticing, like, I really don't eat well. And yeah. that's when I realized, hey, it's been a while since I took a shower. <laughs> that's right. You're like, hey, uh, we didn't brush our teeth for a while. That's that's kind of gross. And I think it was kind of Matt one day that um, like I told him, I'm like, you know, I can't really remember when's the last time I took a shower. Like, I can't lie to you. Like, I don't, I feel like it's been like a couple of days, almost a whole week since I took a shower and like all this stuff. And he's like, I think he's like, I'm kind of, I'm, he's like, I'm kind of worried. I'm like, should I be worried? He's like, I think you should be worried. And I'm like, fuck. <laughs> I'm like, am I depressed? He's like, probably. Yeah. Yeah. This was also the time where my therapist, where I, where my therapist kept canceling on me. So I just called, I just can't, like, I just stopped going to therapy. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I wasn't, wasn't eating right. I wasn't brushing my teeth. I wasn't showering. Um, I think I would only like really like shower completely if I was going to show up to class, because again, that was the only thing that was motivating me was school. I was pulling out my hair, which is something that, you know, I know has been happening since literally high school. I was like pulling out my hair, um, like I was scratching myself a lot more, just like things that I didn't think were a clear, clear sign of like anxiety and also kind of depression. Uh, So, yeah, there was there was a really big low. That was that was probably my first depressive episode that I can confirm because I any other time has been kind of like a like a flowing of it but this was like a full-on almost month where I'm just like whoa right I'm like wow interesting that you bring up food like food being one of your triggers because for the longest time I wasn't able to sit down for a meal like at a restaurant it would just, I don't know. It wasn't, I think it was two things. It was the the fact that I had to sit there and contribute to a conversation so the dinner wouldn't be awkward and say something profound or anything like that because I'm very much, you have to, you have to make yourself appear a certain way. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, if you're uninteresting, that means you're unrememberable. That means they'll, they you know, no impression, no memory. Exactly. Um, Where that come from is we still haven't worked out that, (laughs) Uh, but it's, it's that pressure alongside with Marina, you can't eat too much because if you eat too much, you'll feel sick and you know, you don't like throwing up. So don't eat at all. Because that solves your problems. And it was like the, the, I don't even know when it was, but there was a time where I was, I probably only ate a meal a week. And it's like, but because I was afraid to eat anymore, like there wasn't, there, there wasn't anything going on. I was just like, no food. Yeah. I can't, I can't do it. Like even at, when we were at school and then there was this, they went that Dallas trip you had mentioned where we had, that's, that's all we did. <laughs> Sit down and eat with people, people I know. Um, but it's like, it, I still don't even, I still can. My friend, uh, asks me, he's like, 
oh, like, oh, you're homesick. And I'm like, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Not that I can't yeah. sit down and eat with you guys. Yeah. It's like, it's like, hard. I couldn't even, it's like, it starts to get hot. Maybe I can't, you know what? Maybe alcohol spikes my anxiety too. That freaking sucks though. Because like, I like, I like drinking. I know you like a good glass of wine. I like a good glass of wine. I like a good, now it's, now it's, now it's whiskey. I have two whiskey. Oh, on my oh wow. Look at that. You, now you and Matt are literally, <laughs> Matt loves whiskey. <laughs> it's so but, interesting. Yeah. I'm just like, I don't know. I hate it. I hate it so much. I'm just like, damn, I just want to eat shit. And I think, you know what it is? Um, my, so when I started, when I went back to therapy last year, again, this was like then fall semester, like mm-hmm. I went through my little, my depressive episode. And then I was like, nope, <laughs> crawled out of the trench. I was like, help, <laughs> I need actual help. I really need actual help. Now my new therapist, she fucking, she worked her shit. She was just mm-hmm. like, you, you're going to make yourself a schedule to eat. She's like, because if you work really well with structure and you like putting yourself on a strict schedule, then you are going to schedule time to eat three times a day. I was like, do you know what I could do in those three times a day? Do you know how much work I could get done, woman? Like, (laughs) and she's just like, and I want to see it. I want to, she's like, I want to see that schedule. And I was like, fuck, I can't. (laughs) Fuck. I'm like, I don't know Photoshop that well. It's like, <laughs> fuck. But also, me too. I, I thought to myself, you know, fuck it. Let's give that a shot. You know, you never, you haven't done it before. Mm-hmm. Give it a shot. Um, And so, yeah, I started making like an Excel sheet of my week and schedule. And I gave myself a break. I gave myself one break, a dinner break. And then I'd pick where I can have a snack, whatever. Because I always ate breakfast. I'm, I'm good with eating breakfast. It's just that then afterwards, because I'm so quote unquote busy, I don't have time, quote unquote, I don't have time to not to eat, you know, like, mm-hmm. oh, no, 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 no. I still have to finish this. If I don't finish this, you know, it's never going to get done. I'm going to like totally like I have to stick to what I have to do. Right. So, as soon as I started making that schedule for myself, it's so funny to hear, you know, I'm sure for people to hear like, oh my God, like you have to set a schedule for yourself to eat. Yeah. Really, yeah, it really worked because I would look at my, I would look at what I've done and I'm like, okay, from nine to 11, I was supposed to have done this. I'm like, hmm, I already did that. And I have a break now from 11 to one. And I'm like, oh damn, I really do have time to eat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I really do have time to eat. Because then at one, I have from one to three to do this, from three to four to do this. And then from four to six, I still have time to eat. And then at six o'clock from seven, I'll clean up everything. And then, oh my God, I still have time to like watch Netflix before I go to bed. Mm-hmm. Fuck. <laughs> so like, I, could, I visually saw how silly... I think my anxiety with time is and with like just tasks because I'm like damn I do have fucking time in the day Mm -hmm. I just am so anxious that I keep giving myself shit to do that I don't need to do yet so that was the big opener for me after after doing that I don't really do the schedule now I mean I do the schedule but like more loosely but it's kind of now like engraved in my head I'm just like, you know what? I don't give a shit. This can wait till later. I need to eat. I'm like, I'm sorry. Right. 
Yeah, like I'll tell people, I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm eating right now. I, I can't help you. Which is such a big difference from last year when I would be like, if I got an email, oh, I got to do this right now. I'm like, right. And it sets boundaries for yourself. Yeah. Like, and I think, I think that's something that <laughs> we, we've seen this so, now, so much more now on social media, like the idea of boundaries. But I think especially when it comes to mental health, there's also a point where you have to set boundaries with yourself. Mm-hmm. You're setting boundaries with your internal self and your physical presence and what you can do in that moment. At least for me, you know, yeah. if I see, a, if I have a list of emails to do, I look and I'm like, what can, what is reasonable for me to do today? What is something that's supposed to be done by Friday? If it's yeah. something that needs to get done today, that is the only thing I'm working on today. Cause that is reasonable for myself yeah journal self will want to do everything today everything that needs to get done in a week in a day and myself physically i'm just like no because i have other things to do i have a thesis to write i have i need to read i need to sit down and read i have fucking sims that need me to update them and give them food and shit Um, (laughs) i want to go to the gym because it's my like it's my me time you know like I think that's something that, you know, I feel like I feel other people are starting to understand is that boundary between what you think you're mentally capable of doing versus in reality, what you are physically and mentally capable of doing. Yeah. I think I had to realize that in September when I started the, when I started the channel, like I say it now and I just have to roll my eyes because it was very much (laughs) like, it was very much like, you are feeling so insignificant. Let's go on the internet. So maybe someone will like you. No, okay. But wait a minute. Stop right there because your channel was was good. Like you were doing really good on your channel. I don't know. I, I guess I just ran out of stuff to talk about. Because then I was like, <laughs> like, we gotta, like, what are we actually, what are we actually working towards here? You know? Mm-hmm. Like what? Why are you doing it? And it was like me, it was me trying to fill up a schedule that was completely blank and me trying like, you know, maybe we can do all of this stuff and you won't have to deal with anything else. You know, <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's like hey. learn how to drive. You won't have to feel like you wasted your time with, uh, with filmmaking. And I mean, shit, look at me now. I'm not even thinking about writing scripts anymore. <laughs> but, no, actually, never mind. Um, but <laughs> but it was a lot of just trying to suppress that internal voice that was just like no bitch you will listen to me you know like it was it was it was a time and then I was like you know what maybe maybe you should go back to school which was kind of like when I was thinking about going back to school a lot of it was are you just trying to run back into an institution because you feel safe? Mm. And I'm like, well, maybe. <laughs> and I don't want a degree either. <laughs> but yeah, because, because you know, school, it was, there's something very, like, safe about. Yeah, they're safe about, about structure. It. Right. It's a lot of structure. You've got a lot to do. You have people, like, it's a built-in system where, like, yeah. you meet people. And we had a support group, like all of our friends were there to help each other. And after that, it was like, well, 
You're all fine. You're on your own. Yeah. I'm on the gram. Yeah. <laughs> I can't see you in person. Yeah, I'll see you on the grams. Yeah. I thought, I thought that for a while too, when I, like, when I was starting school, even in the middle of me, like being in school, I was like, damn, did I just come back to school? Because I was freaked out of being like fully, fully alone. Right. But then I, re- but then also too, you know, like, this is something that I've always wanted to do. And, you know, I thought to myself, if I did it, fuck, if I started like, like last like the like next year like I probably wouldn't want to have done it I would have done I would have been completely in a different mindset um I think yeah I think being in the MFA program during pandemic was kind of like my holy like my savior my saving grace but also like my biggest stressor (laughs) my biggest stressor (laughs) but you know we're here. We're all, at least I'm almost done. So, yeah, your girl just started, but we'll see. Hopefully, I'm abroad <laughs> next summer. I mean, oh my god, can you imagine? It would be so nice to be abroad. Oh, I, I think that's why I was like, because there was a point where I was like, I don't think school, like, I don't think I'm cut out for school anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't think I can. I don't think I'm talented enough to go through this program because I feel like I don't know anything but I was like but if you stick through this you could you could go to Manchester (laughs) yeah that was the only caveat that was the only it was a big one (laughs) I think for me it was like for me it was you know like this is my dream this is what I want to do why not go back to school and like learn some more right now I learn in a different setting and a different environment um it's just damn so damn hard when you're going to school during a freaking pandemic because at least I think normally in like normal life when there's not a pandemic um you go to school and then you kind of just like do school and then you know you go home and you, you have your you have your normal life you have a separation but when you have school now at home like home is your school and it kind of sucks because if I'm not working I'm checking for school mm-hmm. and not to say that you don't do that when like in a normal setting but you're not doing it as much and school isn't infiltrating your space you know what I mean like you right, like I do my homework on a tray on my bed where I also sleep. So when I put my computer away and it's time to lay down to sleep, I can't because I've just worked eight hours on my bed. Yeah, it's hard. It's it's not it's not great. Like I I had to get a desk. I didn't have a desk in my room when I was redoing it. And it was it kind of sucked because I would do work downstairs at the dining table. But I'm like, no, this doesn't like it's not my space. So at least with yeah. this desk when I sit down, I'm in work mode. When I go and lay on my bed, I'm fucking on my iPad with my fucking Sims or like playing Animal Crossing or something. Um, but yeah, it's it's hard to it's hard to physically separate it. You know, like I'm envious of people that actually live in a freaking house that can have that have enough rooms to have like a bedroom and an office space. Like that's what right. because I, that. I cannot fuck, I can't do that. I have a desk on the corner of my room. My bed is right over there. And that's my closet over there in the, nope, in the back over there. Like, yeah, I hate it. I hate it. But I mean, like, what can you do? 
Yeah. I think a lot of what triggers my depression, especially is comparing myself to others. Yeah. It's like the, the amount of time, Trisha, I'm going to be honest with you. I've compared myself to you. Are you serious? Yes. Because you, okay, so this is, there's a difference between the reasons why we went into this MFA program. Yeah. This is your dream. I'm still trying to figure it out. Meanwhile, there are plenty of other students there whose dream it also is. So from where I'm sitting, I'm like really naive about this. And, you know, I'm trying to figure it out pretty much. And it's like, well, maybe that's why I feel like I don't deserve to be here. Maybe that's why I feel like I am not good enough to be here because all of these other people have had this dream for so long and who want to be accomplished writers and who are accomplished writers and you're over here sitting with your cute little 10 page script going hi I want to I want to try out prose so it's like if I'm being really hard on myself that's what I think so it's like I don't know and that's that's like that's just the most recent case (laughs) filmmaking I went through the same thing with filmmaking because all those other people were like yeah I've been on blah 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 shoots and I was like oh that's cool what's <laughs> what's that so it's like I don't know I I think growing up I was trying so hard to be good at something that I just never was and then it just made me feel like okay well you're just going to be playing catch up for the rest of your life you know so it's like <sighs> I saw somewhere yeah. I think, I forgot who sent this to me, but somebody sent me this really amazing post and it was like from like your 22s to like your 27s is the time that it is, is the time where you, you will not remember who you are or something yeah. like, like you will, you will transform into many different lives. I think that's what it was. Um, and at least, like, in your case, first of all, don't compare yourself to me because please do not. I'm already a mess as it is. Like, do not, don't have me be some, like, weird, like, weird, like, thing that you are comparing yourself to. Like, please do not. <laughs> because even me, especially, like, last year when I was doing this by myself, I thought to myself, I'm like, what the fuck am I doing here? Like, yeah these people are really fucking good and they know a lot more than me. And I just, here are my silly little poems. Like here, I put, I put out a book by myself and it sold, I sold like 30 copies. Like I want to be here too. I thought thought to myself, my first semester in both classes, I was just like, damn, I don't know if this is, I don't know if this is, um, you know what? You know when you want to meet a celebrity so bad and then you meet them and it's the complete shittiest experience ever? Mm-hmm. That's what I was feeling like. I'm like, fuck, I'm really alone and like everybody here is really competitive and I don't really feel like I'm being supported. Like, yeah, did I? Did I make the right decision? Like, I don't really know. I don't know if I want to be here anymore. I don't think this is what I want to do. And I got out of that funk by just kind of saying like everything that I'm writing here can go for something, right? Like 
everything that I'm writing and I'm creating, this is for myself. I recognize that I'm learning and I'm growing. And the only opinion that really matters are my professors who are professionals, the real professionals who are going to help me. Yeah. Because, yeah, I started comparing myself to like other classmates and what other classmates would tell me. And I would just be like, yeah, maybe they are right. Like maybe this wasn't, you know, maybe this wasn't good. Then turn around my professors, they're giving me good grades and they're giving me helpful advice. And I'm like, I don't know who to trust anymore. And I realized, you know, I need to pick. Am I going to trust my classmates or am I going to trust my professor? And I'm like, I'm going to trust the person that has the most experience. So I'm going to trust my professors. And my, whatever my professor tells me to do, that's what I am going to do. Because at yeah. the end of the day, they are teaching me. I am learning from them. It is like this cycle. And the other people are in that same cycle. Yeah, but I was so nervous, you know, people would talk and I'm just like, I don't have like the best like vocabulary when I speak. I speak very, I don't know, I don't speak with a stick in my hand. <laughs> right, like it's not. I don't use big, big like triple word score <laughs> letter yeah, words. I mean, words when it came to like poetry and shit i'm just like um i fucking forgot honestly i forgot the rules for a sonnet i'm not gonna lie to you i forgot what the rules for a sonnet are at one point italian sonnet came up i'm like what the fuck is this <laughs> i'm like there's another type of sonnet are you joking me <laughs> I'm like, for real? Fucking There's more? Like, all of the, like, hyperbole and apostrophe and, like, I'm not just thinking of words that I learned in, like, AP English, <laughs> AP literature, um, like, uh, like, hyper-exaggeration, hyper-exaggeration, illusion, all this stuff. I'm like, I don't fucking say that. No, I don't say that at all. But my classmates do. And I think, you know, what's also hard is that, especially in our program, it's a lot of older people. Yeah, like you're just trying to trying so hard to be right because it's like because you feel like they know more. Yeah, but like, do they it's actually? Like, I don't know. Do they actually? I think so. I know. I don't know. <laughs> In my I, case, I don't really. Yeah, like it. I think it's hard when you go to school with like people that are older because, again, you know, like. The younger generation is taught to appreciate and look up to the older generation. You know, they're all the knowledge. They are why the world is like this. And dead ass, after a while, I was like, I don't give a shit about this person. Fuck this person. I don't care. I don't care about anybody in my class. I care about myself. I care about what I'm doing. I care about my professor and their feedback. I don't give a fuck. So <laughs> sometimes I do care about people's feedback. When I know, I'm like, oh, that is actually really good. That's really helpful. But other times there's feedback where they're just like, it wasn't really good because of this, this. I'm like, shut the fuck up. I don't give a shit. You think I'm going to fucking do my rewrite? For, like, do my rewrite based on your shit? No. Fuck off. Yeah. Other times, though, so I've gotten really, I have gotten really good feedback that, that ends up in the rewrite. And I'll send a message. I'm just like, hey, by the way, your feedback this uh, during this one week, it helps me for my rewrite. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Maybe this is not the best way to think, but it got me out of this weird self-doubt funk where I'm just like, you know what? I am a writer and I know this because I didn't want to do anything else. Mm-hmm. And high school came around in senior year. I didn't fucking go to business school. 
like I had thought I was going to do. Right. You know, my heart was not in any business school. I applied to liberal art colleges. I applied to like all of these different writing programs. I only picked writing. I'm like, that has to say, say something. I only did writing in university. It never changed. I never changed my major, like did all this stuff. Like that has to speak for something. And now during this fucking pandemic panoramic bullshit, the only thing that is bringing me some kind of joy, some kind of sanity is writing fucking short stories or poems. So maybe this is what I want to do. On the other hand, I have also recognized this year that I think it's fine for us to want to do a bunch of stuff. Like, why not learn how to do a bunch of stuff? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I think, again, that's something that we see in the older generation, you know, they got a job and they only worked that one job for like 30 years and then they retire and it's wonderful. It's like, ew, how boring. Mm-hmm. How, how boring you don't you don't grow from that you don't learn from that like um I, I follow this one guy on instagram and he he helps you like build a resume he helps you get the job and he right. said a really important he made a really good point that i now stick by it's like would you rather hire somebody that's worked and known skills from only one place or who has worked in multiple places and has continued to show that they're learning. And I'm like, right. So why not go to grad school for writing and want to do something else? Right. Yeah. You know, that's what I think to myself. Like I work in social media and marketing and I thought maybe I should have gone to grad school for that. But then I'm like, but you know, that's my job writing is like my dream this is like everything that I've always wanted I wanted to be a writer now I am a writer and now I'm I'm doing it I'm going for it so why not have those two separate things like Mm -hmm. why can't we not allow ourselves to do that so yeah for a while I was really insecure too so you can't really compare yourself to me because we were on the same boat (laughs) you know I told my parents at one point I'm like god I feel like I'm way over my head with this like I just feel really lost. Like, where am I supposed to go with this? And now, you know, I just am like, hell yeah. You bitches could never write like me because you're not me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, my day job is social media marketing. Very blah. Like, yeah. But I'm, I'm writing a book. Yeah. Side, you know? So I think that, I think kind of detaching myself from the really typical American lifestyle of you work that one job, you work there forever, you get the promotion, and like you buy a house, you know, detaching myself from that and thinking, you know, in a couple of years, I'm going to sell all my shit and move to Italy and open my bookstore over there. Right. I can do it. Yeah. That, that's my dream. (laughs) That is my American dream is to not be in America. To move to a different country. <laughs> different country. I think but, that's where it's like a lot of it comes into play with like the older generation. Because like I was talking to some family members before, like just a couple months ago, and they're really trying to figure out like why we feel like this. Yeah. And I was like, well, for a long time, a lot of it was like the pre- like the pressure of having to 
be good at what you choose Mm -hmm. to do for the rest of your life it's so it's so like definite and if you're not good at that one thing like it feels like you will die yeah it feels drastic and they're like oh like really and it was kind of like a realization for them like yeah young people do go through mental struggles yeah because it's it's not like oh you're you're 22 and you're in college and you don't have to pay for anything what do you have to worry about no well i'm 22 in college expected to know exactly what i want to do for the rest of my life because 22 years ago my parents 22 and they already had me so it's like (laughs) yeah we've got it's not your struggle but, but it's it is my struggle. struggle. But it's a struggle. Yeah. yeah, I think it's such bullshit that it that whole like, why are you so sad? You have everything. It's like, bitch, because in a couple of years, I'm supposed to be, I'm supposed to be getting everything. Like, because I'm expect because I have everything, I'm expected to to do certain things. I'm expected to act a certain way. I'm expected to say certain things. You know, so it's like, and mind you, what? Okay, mind you, when we say we have everything, we have like the basic like food shelter roof overhead yeah Uh, yeah like stuff like that um but like it's it's interesting because especially in the latin community you'll have your parents say it's like yeah well when i was your age like this this and this was happening and this isn't this i'm like right and i understand that however now we are in this generation and the debt in the u.s is from like astronomical Mm -hmm. I can't afford an apartment even if I work four million jobs here in Los Angeles. Um, Gee, have you seen the price of gas? Just that alone. Like there are so many things now that are working against us that maybe, maybe I'm not, maybe obviously I'm not in the same lifestyle as my parents. Still in the same emotion of what the hell am I going to do for the rest of my life? Mm -hmm. You know, I think there was a lot, there was a lot writing on it because like, okay, for example, that apartment that we were staying in, <laughs> most of them weren't putting out the money for that shit. My parents took out a loan and they were, they were helping us. And it's like, okay, well, there's that self-added pressure of my parents are literally well, like, for, uh, putting out money for me to graduate and get this education. Yeah. I need to be the best in my class. Yeah. I need to be good at this. I need to be sure that I'm doing this. I can't make any mistakes whatsoever because of what my parents are doing for me, what my family has been doing for me. And it's like, <laughs> well, do I do it? It just doesn't even, it turns into I'm doing it for them and not for me. Not for yourself. Exactly. And, and like, why am I still doing this? Yeah. Yeah. Which is why I think that was another thing that I, I made that big decision at the age of 17 when I had to tell, you know, I had to accept which school I was going to go to because I thought about it to myself. I'm like, you know, if I become a lawyer, I do international business. I am going to make my parents so happy, right? Yeah. Because because I'm going to make this all this money and I'm going to have an easy life and da da da. But I am not going to like it whatsoever. I'm like, so I don't know what to do. I don't know what to choose. Do I choose my happiness or do I choose the fact that I am basically mental, like thinking in my head that I'm repaying my parents for the sacrifices they made, even like way before I was fucking born. And at the end, at at the end of it, I was like, I'm not going to be happy and I'm going to make writing work 
and I'm going to, I'm going to make a living out of doing this. Mm-hmm. So like, I am going to take the chance. My parents were not fucking happy as any immigrant parent would be when they get a child, when they get that one kid that wants to be the artist. <laughs> You're right. I want to be a fae. What's FA? Fine arts. Oh, damn it. <laughs> What's fine art? What's a fine art? Where's the money in fine art? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, they weren't happy for a while, but the, I think once I've got published my very first time, they're just like, oh, okay. Yeah. Hey, wait a minute. Whoa. Okay. And she's yeah. not that bad either. Oh, wow. Like, like my dad read one of my pieces finally once, and he's like, hey, "You're good." <laughs> like, Thank you, Dad. Like he's like, "Yeah, you're like, you you remind me of," and then he said like some Latin American writer, and I was like, "Yeah, I don't know what that is, but yeah, fuck yeah, yeah." <laughs> and then like my family from like Nicaragua or El Salvador is like, "Hey, she writes really good." I'm just like, um, yeah, that's, that's why I'm, I don't want to tell my but that's why it's out there because it's, it's pretty good, you know? Um, so yeah. So, uh, to everybody else who disappointed the parents by choosing the BFA route, <laughs> we made it. We made it. Right. I don't even know if I disappointed my parents. I think <laughs> it was like, it was like, oh, she's going to, she's going to a university. Because I'd spent three years at a community college not knowing what the hell I, I I did choir. I worked out with the volleyball team. I was never on the team, never even wanted to try out. But I took a theater class. That was super fun. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do, I don't know what, like, you know. And then she, I, I think I think after a while they were just like, please just, just stay in college or you know, I have an office job for you. And I'm like, oh God. Um, so we stayed in college and I think, yeah, I think it was like any major you choose. It was like, okay, good. She's, she's doing something. Yeah. Also it was a different story because she started drawing and she, she was painting. So she was like, okay, this is what I want to do. Me, I'm pretty much, what school are you applying to? Okay. What are the programs? Filmmaking sounds cool. Let's apply. <laughs> hey yeah let's uh, oh, mm-hmm. oh yeah. yeah well we'll see how this fucking goes i mean i do i will say that i feel much better just in like my the, the direction in my life now than like last year yeah definitely because i didn't have i didn't have a job I didn't want to do anything. It was, yeah, it was like, if I could just stay here and like fizzle out, <laughs> ride out life mm-hmm. and just, I'd be super cool. But now I have, I have a job that I actually enjoy and it's, <laughs> and it's weird to say, cause it's customer service and it, it, it's, it's like food service, not really customer service. Yeah, yeah, it's like customer service. That's yeah, like it's not customer service. service. That's yeah. the point. It's not um, I mean, little, it's a nice, nice little break. I get to talk to myself. <laughs> I, I, 
I just get to go out. I think that was the biggest thing for me. I like being outside, whether it's like walking around somewhere or like sitting down somewhere, but I like being outside. And, you know, every and so many people, like people that would reach out to me, especially when I made it public that like I wasn't doing it girl thoughts anymore and like all my mental, you know, issues that I was going through, people were just like, you just need to take a break and go outside. I'm like, bitch. I go outside to take out my dog and I fucking, I don't want to, oh, like understand that you can't tell somebody, just go sit outside. Like, no, it is knowing physically that I'm still in the perimeters of my house. That doesn't help. Like, do you think I stay inside my house all damn day? I take my dog out to go take a shit. (laughs) I'm I'm outside. It doesn't help. I don't feel cool because I have to go back inside do this shit all over again i was missing that like you know what today i'm gonna end work early and i'm gonna i'm gonna walk in the fucking glenda galleria although i fucking hate that place but why what do you mean why i worked there for almost three years horrible oh, you worked there i worked at the, I like the americana because they have barnes and noble me too <laughs> this barnes and noble to me is like five cities away and i'm like like I'm in the middle of two Barnes and Noble and they're both like 30 minutes because you have the one in like West Covina no Glendora Glendora oh never mind that's that's all the way out there and then Glendale is all the way out there but where I really want to be is Burbank because that's (laughs) that's where everyone is freaking love my mom was like you're gonna end up back in Burbank aren't you and I'm like I think so I think so too, to be honest with you. I really love living in Burbank because everything was closed and yet you were still so nice and far away from everything. Right. Exactly. <laughs> like, like we were far enough from the school yeah. to like feel good about going the next day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think I would ever move back to where we were living though. I feel like no. what I you know what I didn't like about it? It was it was just apartment complexes. You didn't feel a homey part yeah sure we lived we lived we lived at the very end the edge yeah of yeah. one of the one of the um complexes and it's like oh. yeah I like the, uh, the townhouses down the way though yeah i would have i would have lived in a That's townhouse that. just something that feels more like mine yeah yeah i, I, can, I can paint the walls <laughs> i know you know we didn't have that bad neighbors well okay i think the neighbors calmed down once you guys moved in because my first week there i couldn't i heard everything mm-hmm. i don't know if they were moving into but it fucking it was annoying the only I thing that did scare me though walls. yeah the only thing that did scare me though was that one time someone was like knocking on our door and like oh my. Me. that freaked me yeah, out like this is a closed like, this is a closed complex. No one, like, we need to let people in. Yeah. <laughs> no so one we know is to let in. <laughs> someone was knocking on our door and, um, you know, nobody was coming in to clean or anything that day either. Yeah. It was night, too. And I looked at the people and it's like a black hoodie, like, walking around. I was like, oh, my fucking God. Of oh course, God. these bitches are at school. Matt is at school. I am alone. I'm fucking <laughs> terrified. And I don't know. I, you know, I never ended up knowing what that was. They they said they were looking over the security cameras because other people complained that night, too. That they saw somebody and they never said anything. So, dude, because that door was always freaking left open. Mm-hmm. It was always left open. I mean, most of them were like, what? Like, 
This is not safe. No. <laughs> You're supposed to stay closed. What and, the we lived, and then, and our, we were next to like the emergency stairs. So that person yeah. just like, dipped down there and fucking mm-hmm. went out. Because when you, when you go down the emergency stairs, it was a garage, but then the little walkway to get out on the other side on Angelino. Right, like, right yeah. So he, they, whoever, you know, whatever. But I want to live in that shit. I think I would just like rent a house or something. Yeah. Those places on Scott, but they've got a lot of like crackheads. Crackheads? Oh, wait. Where is that? By where? By the. Mm, it's Scott and Victory. They're like red condos. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no. You're going to be looking up Scott and Victory. <laughs> We're going to be like, what are they talking about? Figure it out. Well, I mean, we've said yeah, yeah. Welcome to the podcast. No. <laughs> Figure it out, guys. We give you guys the clues and you solve it. And then we yeah. will not tell you if you're right or wrong. Wait, mm-hmm. oh my God. That's a big ass, like, bang outside. Um, you know, just a typical day in Los Angeles typical day yeah you know it was so weird well weird slash funny slash kind of scary um i don't know if you have if you've heard of that app next door like the next door app Mm -mm. no it's like uh it's like the citizens app but like you register you never heard of that app no okay citizens app is an app where you register like you get on the app you put in your neighborhood and then people just like report stuff like if they've seen anything you know like citizen watch okay so next door um is kind of like citizen but also like you can sell stuff on there and like i made cookies come on by which by the way don't ever fucking go to don't ever do that what is this? The fifties? No, yeah. we don't trust thy neighbor anymore. We don't trust our neighbor anymore. <laughs> you know, like the, did anyone lose their dog or something? Yeah, like stuff like that. Um, I have I'm registered for next door here in my neighborhood. And a local, a neighborhood that's very close to my neighborhood is Echo Park. And so you get email notifications for stuff that you've missed or like things that are happening on next door. What? It just keeps rolling in for Echo Park, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> headline body found and i was like what i click it but dead body found in echo park by this and oh this God. street and i was like we're reporting murders now on here are you right. kidding me? i'm like damn like i like going on next door app when helicopters come out because someone's like check citizen app and someone will take a screenshot of citizen and show you what's going on and i'll be like oh yes okay i can peacefully go to sleep now it's not by my house Right. But um I thought that was just really funny. I just wanted to share that 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 happened. <laughs> but I saw that. Yeah. yeah. I'm also too, I'm like, I hope this person didn't like actually see the dead body and then feel compelled to type a next door neighbor. You know what I mean? Yeah. If I saw a dead body, I I wouldn't I'd be like, that out. was the first thing that they reported it to. Yeah. Not, not the police. Authorities, like <laughs> I should tell people next door. <laughs> you know, at least it's next door and not Twitter because. <laughs> Shut up. Oh my God. Imagine you find a dead body and the first thing you think is to report it on Twitter. Like, what the fuck? Yo, by the way, how fucking funny was Monday? Monday. Monday when Facebook just like 
clocked out. I had no idea what was going on. You have no idea. Are you no. kidding me? <laughs> no, because like I was, what was I doing Monday? Well, I had my, I had my therapist appointment on, in the morning, but I looked on Twitter and I was like, Trisha's freaking out because she can't do her job. <laughs> and I was like, oh, but yeah, I don't know. And then I saw some <laughs> meme was like, oh no, Karen can't torment people on Facebook this morning. Whatever will they do? <laughs> I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> yeah, what the hell? So when this pod okay, so we're recording this podcast on Wednesday and Monday was like the big Facebook blockout, which apparently Marina had no idea what was even going on. No. So <laughs> the only reason why I knew was because Facebook and Instagram are two of the places that obviously I have to post for mm-hmm. my job. So I went to go on Instagram to post and Instagram wasn't loading. And I was like, oh my God. So I refreshed the app and it still wasn't loading. And I was like, what the fuck? So I went on Twitter as any informed person will do. Right. And I put Instagram down and everybody was talking about it. And I'm like, oh, okay. Instagram's down. Yeah. Eh, Whatever. It'd be fine. Mm -hmm. And then what the news article came out that morning, it was Facebook, Instagram, and WhatsApp WhatsApp. all down. And there was a whistleblower the day before. Yeah, whistleblower the day before. I see. I read the article on Twitter and I was like, Ooh, what's this cheese man going on over here? (laughs) I didn't give a shit that it was down, but I was like down. They're losing a lot of their stocks because they're a piece of crap conspiracy i know and you know i thought oh it's not gonna be down for that long and then i checked and you know and then an hour passed by and i was like oh shit it's gonna be down for a while well shit i can't work today (laughs) and i'm like how do i explain to my boss who doesn't know about the internet how do i tell her hey the internet's down like yeah. I don't know that. So yeah, but Twitter was hilarious. I couldn't stop laughing at everything, especially the fucking. <laughs> the, somebody made a meme of the of the doll from Squid Game. Uh huh. <laughs> and like a couple people, like obviously shot dead, and it was um Instagram. It was Instagram, Facebook, and WhatsApp, and then a person standing up with like a Twitter. <laughs> like you can't take me <laughs> you can't take me and it's like um facebook whatsapp and instagram are all eliminated <laughs> right. i did feel bad for international people who communicate yeah. through whatsapp because that's like that's their form of communication and it's like yeah uh, well and also too, i was telling matt you know a lot of businesses have a whatsapp for business and so, instagram, and instagram too so you know people lost a lot of business that day um it kind of sucked i feel bad like my grandma called me and she's like how come i can't use whatsapp i tried to call your uncle her son and it's not working i was like she's like i also tried to call my friend and that didn't work either i'm like oh no grandma this is sorry no damn it fucking basic people right i'm like damn so i have to suck (laughs) Uh, i was like someone's getting fired today someone's getting fired but apparently what happened was the the backbone of Facebook like malfunctioned or something. So like Facebook. So okay, my dad tried to explain this to me. My dad's a computer tech and like knows more. I'm trying to inter I try to interpret it to make it seem easier than what he told me. So basically, obviously, Facebook has servers and they're connected to a modem, you know, connected to the internet. 
So when you type in Facebook and you press send, those ser- those, that information goes to the servers that then will then connect you to the internet. Uh-huh. Those servers have a backup and that backup has a backbone, like the framing of how these servers are going to work. The backbone was was fucked up. And my dad, who's who's a diehard conspiracy theorist, so this is my dad's theory. My dad's theory is that Facebook, because the whistleblower, because of the whistleblower on Sunday, mm-hmm. they have been trying and they tried to make the backbone stronger, like more secure in order to prevent some of these like hacking or some of these like malfunctions that the person on Sunday said could happen, like could obviously happen. Mm-hmm. And so my dad theorizes that, you know, somebody tried to help the backbone, but like fucked it up. Mm. Because something that was really interesting slash scary was that the servers for Facebook were down, which meant when you typed in facebook.com, it didn't exist. Yeah. And even the domain appeared on DDS, which is like some, I think, catalog thing where you can check the status of domains. Like Facebook was there to purchase. Like Facebook.com was there to purchase. So a lot of people were freaking out thinking, oh my God, like somebody, somebody fucking bought Facebook and they're going to wipe everything. So everybody, you know, a lot of people on Twitter were just like, yes, thank God. And I was like, yeah. I'm like, oh, but wait, those are all my posts with my friends and like posts of me and Matt and like, <laughs> no, nothing about the security issue <laughs> whatnot listen listen it is i a hundred percent know that people can find where i live even if like i don't know i don't think anybody has privacy at all unless you're like my dad who is anonymous on the internet <laughs> mm. Like my dad does he has birth certificate registered. I tried to find him for an- my ancestry.com tree that I'm doing. And my dad is nowhere in my dad. I can't find my dad's birth certificate anywhere. And so yeah, my dad made the joke. He's like, ha anonymous. Just how I like it. <laughs> my dad will not use his, my dad won't use his real information. My dad yeah. has a Facebook. He will not use his real birthday. It's not even his, technically his like legal name on Facebook. Like, oh, my Hold dad, on. yeah. Bless you. Bless you. Excuse me. <laughs> okay. Yeah, my dad is just like the most anonymous person ever. Sure. So, unless you're like my dad, you don't really have privacy. Like, it's so easy to find people's information. Yeah. Paranoia. That's a good thing. That's a good... Um, I guess, root to Latin children's anxiety. Paranoia. Hyperanxious parents. Hyperanxious parents. Conspiracy parent. Conspiracy believing parents. Yeah. I would love to do... Can we do a podcast episode where we talk about conspiracies? Like our favorite conspiracies. I would have to educate myself on conspiracies. Or it's just going to be me educating you. Like what? Yeah, I don't know. I don't really dig conspiracies. Cause like, (laughs) I think there's some conspiracies that I can get behind. Like, 
to think that like oh that's so cool to think about there's some that i'm just like oh, come on man like let's not like mm-hmm. i would just say this right now i don't really like any conspiracies about 9-11 because mm-hmm. <sighs> let these poor people rest in peace you know what i mean like yeah. what, a, what a terrible day in our in our like history you know mm-hmm. in our, especially in our modern history um what a terrible 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 day there's people alive now that are mentally scarred for the rest of their life because of this Mm -hmm. event that happened like leave that alone please (laughs) like i i can understand um like i understand some of these conspiracies are trying to like make people more hyper aware like if the u.s's involvement and i'm just like man come on like can, can we not can we can we leave this alone like mm-hmm. any other thing sure fine like sure entertain me about how the moon landing was fake i would love to know your thoughts or like sure tell me how the earth is flat i'd love to know is that a conspiracy is that a conspiracy it better not be yes it is are you kidding me oh my god there's people that are literally flat earth they're called flat earthers they like really believe that the earth is flat yeah are you don't look at are you serious you don't know that no i I like i know it was like oh is the earth flat or is the earth round but i didn't know people actually like yes people actually believe that there are people that like really try to convince i go up into a plane i see that shit it's a dome (laughs) (laughs) i see it curve (laughs) there's some videos from nasa Right, right. Like those pictures. I I mean, yeah. I did see, however. Maybe that's why, because I just lose hope in people's intelligence. But like, I'm not even that smart, so I'm like, girl. I did read. Um, I did see this like video on on my Instagram reels. (laughs) How hilarious! Um, of a conspiracy about um the person who assassinated Martin Luther King. Oh. And. It kind of pissed me off. Not gonna lie, it kind of pissed me off. Those are that like, and, and so the person that assassinated Martin Luther King Jr. Not gonna talk about him. I'm not even gonna mention his name because who you know like don't wanna. Who cares? I don't wanna mention him, his name. But the person that killed him, um, obviously went to jail for life and then died in jail. His brother published a book, The Untold Secrets of this person's name, whatever. And it, it the book basically talks about like the other side of the of this of the massacre, the assassination, where like he's talking about how the US recruited the brother and they were like experimenting on people to like um basically form like hate groups and stuff or i can't even remember but it was it kind of it was just like so upsetting i'm just like yeah. you know this stuff like that is kind of upsetting when it has to do with something like really important in history and people want to like skew it away right from, yeah, that's what trying to from what, yeah. from, like clearly what we know exactly happened you know or like um what's another conspiracy that pisses me off <laughs> this just turned into what pisses you off <laughs> <laughs> any conspiracies about how the holocaust quote-unquote didn't exist that pisses me off yeah. yeah like those 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 things kind of piss me off but um there's other conspiracies that don't piss me off that i would love to talk about so maybe maybe we'll just have a podcast where i talk to you about conspiracies yeah <laughs> I'll, I'll bring notes i will dead ass bring notes 
I'll bring that. Oh, no, like, I will try to convince yeah. you. Oh, whiteboard. <laughs> I'll try to convince you that the Mandela effect is absolutely real. Mandela. Yeah, like Nelson Mandela. Yeah. Like, okay, really quickly, the Mandela effect is basically something that you remember distinctly now in this present age is completely the opposite. And the theory is, is like a wormhole or like something has happened in time and like our construction of time that has changed, has made really, has changed really small things. But these things that are changed are important enough in like pop culture or like, you know, culture or whatever, that people have this phenomenon where they're like, no, I can distinctly remember it was something different. The reason why it's called the Mandela effect is because when Nelson Mandela was put in prison, there were thousands of people that remember the day that the news broke out that he died. And then, you know, it's he he's not dead. And everybody was like, no, he died. I remember the news story that he died. Like, it was everywhere. So that's kind of like a thing. Like, um, what is it? Like, uh, there's something different about Yogi Bear now, or like the um the way the the little dash in Kit Kat doesn't exist. That one freaks me out because I'm like, I know that dash, it did exist. Kit Kat is my favorite chocolate. It fucking it, there was a dash there on the wrapper. There was a dash there on the wrapper. I remember that shit. You can't tell me otherwise. But like stuff like that. So you I know. never noticed a dash, but then I never noticed it not being there either. Okay, well, <laughs> see, conspiracy theories are terrible for me because I literally just do not pay attention. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. You know what we'll do one day? Okay, we'll talk about the Mandela effect, and then I'll compile a bunch like examples of the Mandela effect, and then I'll see your reaction. Ooh, that'd be okay. cool. That'd be fun. <laughs> I'll just share my screen. <laughs> Just flipping out on how confused she made Marina. <laughs> it was a compilation. Yeah. <laughs> She's me looking up at the sky for yeah. so like, answer. Guys, comment down below what conspiracy we should talk about. For real. Um. Yeah. Any anything interesting happened to you this week before we before we close out? Um. No. No. Anything interesting happened to you? Yes. I feel like I've talked about this to people enough already, but just for the sake of this, yesterday at the gym was a horrible day. Um, to put a long story short, there was an older woman, two treadmills away from me, and she screamed out for help. I was the only one that heard her and her treadmill full speed was just stuck and she couldn't turn it off. And so I turned off my treadmill and I ran over to her. And as I was about to yank out the um, emergency block that's on treadmills, um, it's like this root, it's like a red little thing in the middle of treadmills. If you pull it out, it stops the treadmill. It's like an emergency stop. Soon as I got reached over to, to turn it off she lets go and she went oh my god she 
fell and just went like across. Yeah. It was horrible. It was horrible to watch that. And um, yeah, like it, like it's really weird too. A lot of my anxiety also has to do with like me, like me feeling guilty for things and like me mm-hmm. feeling like a failure. I had hella anxiety yesterday because I felt guilty that like I didn't help her sooner. <laughs> Which I know, you know, I know it's kind of like I shouldn't think about it, you know, because I have to give myself the benefit of the doubt. Like I was dead ass the only person that stopped to help her because yeah. people were looking at her the person next to me was looking at her and they didn't do anything mm-hmm. and i stopped and it wasn't until she fucking fell and flew off the treadmill that people came like, oh my god what happened i'm like you fucking know what happened to her you guys fucking saw that she's struggling over here yeah she i guess she was screaming for help for a while too i only heard her when i really could hear her because I had my AirPods and I took all my AirPods and that's when she looked at me. She's like, please, I can't stop the treadmill. I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah. But it was, it was horrible. And she's doing fine. She was able to like walk. I'm, I am very sure that she went home right after. Okay, okay. But um, yeah, I don't know. I've had that. I felt really bad yesterday. I cried in my car when I left the gym. I yeah. couldn't even finish. I left home early. I couldn't finish. Like, I just couldn't concentrate anymore. Yeah, I know. I my car. I cried. I drove home and I, like, told my dad, I'm like, I feel really bad. And my dad's like, don't feel bad. Like, how were you supposed to know this was going to happen? I'm like, I don't know. I shouldn't have known. I'm like, bitch, how the fuck are you going to know? But, right. Yeah. I think because, because you helped and then it just went wrong still yeah so it's like yeah oh, I, guess. I like it, it replayed in my head yesterday like it was it was the fact that she herself just let go i think she just gave up at that mm-hmm. point or something but oh my god the sound and like seeing her face boom hit the treadmill yeah. and just wipe out I was like, oh my God. Yeah. And, but more, like, I thought it was going to be worse, but the only injury that she had was like, she gashed, she had like a gash on her like shin. But like, I thought like, I'm like, oh my God, her face hit the drink so hard. Like right. her face is going to be cut up or something, but no, I mean, she was fine, but yeah. But it, like, it, it pissed me off because everyone's like, oh my God, is she okay? I'm like, obviously fucking not. You guys saw she fucking fell. Like, yeah. As, as I got off my treadmill and I ran over, everybody was already looking. And I'm just like, hello. There was somebody next to her. And I'm like, how did you not hear her scream help? You, you are more capable of reaching over than me who has to run over there. To reach over and fucking reduce the speed or pull that fucking block out. I was, I was mad. I was, I was mad. My mom and I were talking about it and she's like, it it kind of puts into perspective how unfortunately there's really not enough people that are going to go out of their way anymore for things. You know what I mean? Like there's no compassion. There is no compassion. Yeah. You know, and this isn't to say that like, oh, I am the token person because dead ass. I don't give a shit sometimes about people. I won't fucking help you. Mm -hmm. But in those situations when like I see somebody is like literally in need of help and they're crying they're like begging someone to help them I'm like 
that's my natural reaction you know yeah but like i'm not you know i'm not the nicest person in the world like i could give a shit like if i know a treadmill isn't working and i see you trying to do it <laughs> i'm not gonna go to you like it's not it's not working i tried it it's not working i'm like i don't give a shit Okay. <laughs> I don't I don't wish physical harm on you I don't wish physical harm on you but I'm like uh you can figure that out on yourself or like right when it doesn't turn on <laughs> it's the gym that's like struggling to open the door like holding a weight and I'm like mm, I don't really know do I want to open the door for you it's kind of my way I'm just kidding <laughs> maybe that's why nobody opens the door for me <laughs> I feel weird when people open the door for me Cause like, like, okay, say they're in front of me and they hold the door open for me. I'm like, fuck, now I gotta hurry up and- I know, you have to do that. <laughs> I don't want to hurry up and try to get- No, thank you, no. <laughs> I purposely walk slower when I know somebody ahead of me is going to open the door. I purposely walk slower so that they don't leave it open. Yeah. I will literally stop and pretend to like check my phone for an email. Too much pressure. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's too much pressure. So I have to run over there. Like, I'll open the door. I'll leave the door open for some people. You know, like, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's like a family. If, like, I see children, I'm like, I'm going to leave the door open for the kids. When they're right behind me, but like, shit, this, if I'm like 50 paces back, <laughs> like, now you're just expecting yeah. me to say thank you. That's what that is. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> expecting something out of me. I'm not going to give it to you. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna do it. Yeah. <laughs> well, <That's been> a... <laughs> well, well. I think we're all. Uh... <laughs> that's all, folks. <laughs> well, that's all, folks. Uh, <clears throat> could have been downing, but it's probably this is probably a very downer type episode. I'm sorry about it, but yeah. Maybe we should ensure include a trigger warning because we mentioned some. Yeah, we did mention some pretty. Yeah, yeah, we'll do we'll do a trigger. I'll do like a trigger warning in the ahead of time. We'll be like, hey, in this episode we talk about stuff. Mm-hmm. You don't want to hear. Yeah, we should do a trigger warning. That's a good idea. Um. Well. Okay. So Marina and I are have pre pre recorded the first three episodes. So by the time the first by the time the first episode comes out, it will be in like two two weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, two weeks. Yeah, it'll be like two weeks. So then, so then we'll kind of be in real time after that. I think. I think we'll always have like, we'll always be two weeks ahead of them. Mm-hmm. We're always two weeks. three weeks ahead of them. Yeah, we're always ahead of you guys. This is coming to you from. The future. <laughs> the future. Yeah. No, the past. Well, the past. Well, Absolutely coming to you from the past. Oh, that's true. So, when we're recording the new episode, the week you're listening to the old one, we'll be completely different people. Yeah, Why? We'll be, yeah we'll be completely different people. Yeah, we'll be completely different people. You would have come back from your trip. Mm-hmm. And so would I. And so would I. Yeah. And you know, vacation changes a person. Yeah, vacation changes a person. Anniversary changes a person. What's that? <laughs> I'm making oh. recognitions. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually really happy for you guys. <laughs> oh my God. I hope you have many more anniversaries. That was so good. What is that? I mean, congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> 
That was so good. Oh my goodness. That's a good one. Thanks. <laughs> what is that? I mean, congratulations. If I were to rate how funny I am on a scale of one to ten, solid five. No. Are you <laughs> right in the middle? Are you joking me? Yeah. Funny. Huh? I think you're really funny. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, you want to know what it is? It's like your humor is deadpan. It's not. It is. You don't do punchlines, which I don't no. even really care about. It's, it's like, I just kind of just like put it out there. If you catch yeah. on to it, you catch on to it. And most of it's sarcasm anyway. So it's like. Yeah. It's your delivery. Your whole thanks. <laughs> yeah. It goes with the evil eye. I've been told by my parents. You have an evil eye? I guess. Did someone give you evil eye when you were a kid? No. No? Oh, okay. I was scared. I was like, I don't know. But like, it's like, my. that's what my parents say that I, that I give other people. I'm just like, like it's just <gasps> like side eye. eye. Oh my God, it's bro. Like, I'm not, you are yeah. not getting anywhere near my kids. That's the point that's decided. You're not going anywhere near my kids. Joking me. You're wild. Amina. They need their Tiamina. No, you're not. Not if Tiamina is going to make them fucking sick. <laughs> no, it's all like evil eye, like evil, like suspicions, brujeria shit. It's like that side eye, that like resting bitch face. Okay, then say that. Then say side eye. I'm over here with my Latin American ass freaking <laughs> out, thinking that I'm going to get. Oh, no, no, no. I believe in all that shit. We're not doing that. <laughs> That's another podcast we'll just talk about. What are things yeah. that we believe? Like super Everything. sick. <laughs> I believe in everything. Do you know? I don't the- fuck with most of it, but everything. Well, I don't fuck with most of it either because I believe in it. Yeah, I'm like <laughs> aliens. Fuck off. Stay away, please. Oh, I believe in aliens so hard. Don't do that shit. Yeah, <laughs> me too. That's why I'm just like, oh, oh vampires, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. No, matter if you're real, <laughs> I don't feel like they are. Bigfoot, hundred percent. Oh God. Uh, go into the yeah. wilderness bigfoot 100% like it is a known fact that percentage wise people haven't explored the majority of the woods in the US right so big like we stick big, to our concrete jungles there's no yeah. way that there's not anything out there absolutely bigfoot i think bigfoot's real for sure now the chupacabra i don't really know about that that's a little suspicious to me you did you know that uh melissa and i always thought that um La Llorona lived in Elysian Park <laughs> because every time we came home from a fucking Dodger game it was pitch black and we were like that bitch is in there she's coming to get dad you have to drive I hear singing <laughs> I literally thought growing up that La Llorona was fucking here she's here. in LA there's no way, way. <laughs> there's a mass population <laughs> i literally thought that i really thought and i'm like la llorona is in mount washington <laughs> oh or like or Elysian park or like yeah. somewhere just like somewhere creepy anywhere with water at one point i was like maybe she's in the like an la river you know yeah. what river oh my god yo i don't know uh, Ooh, I remember in school, um, 
in fucking elementary school, the the girls in the bathroom, the girls in the bathroom, there were girls in the bathroom. Um, <laughs> the girls in the bathroom. There, there were girls that went to the bathroom and turned off all the lights and they did the Bloody Mary shit. And I was like, oh my God. Like, why? Like, why? Like, why would you do like, you had to go in? I'm like, you are fucking stupid. Okay. Yeah, come on, let's go. <laughs> no, I fucking booked it. I was like, absolutely not. I like fucking prayed and shit. I, was I still don't let my dad just bought a case um for his bobbleheads and memorabilia mm-hmm. and shit. He put it in front of like the, he put it like in front of like our TV. Ooh, no. And then not like in front of our TV set. But where he put it, there's a mirror across that hangs no, really no, high. No, no, and I'm like, when, when he moved it there, I was like, nope. Oh, no. We got, so I was checking and I'm like, how how high is it? Is it like facing the glass or is it facing the wall still? And I'm like, mm. <laughs> no. Uh, like, I tried to blanket over it. And I'm like, we're not doing this shit. We're not opening portals today. Okay. <laughs> No, my mom brought a porcelain. My mom got a porcelain doll, a porcelain doll from a thrift <laughs> store, from a thrift store, and she fucking put it in my room. Oh my god! She thought it was so cute, and I, I fucking took this shit and I put it in the living room. I think I still, still have no. one in my closet. And then like, <laughs> I was we were gifted princess porcelain dolls for Christmas, no. and we have one other one that's like my little my little uh like little house on the prairie. Yeah, and I'm like, okay. Well, <laughs> I'm grateful that you thought to give me gift, <laughs> but what the fuck is that? Right. <laughs> exactly. Oh no 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 no! Dolls come to life. Dolls. <laughs> have you guys? Have we not learned from Toy Story? First of all, real, like, yeah. Hell. What do you believe in? Everything. Everything. What do you? What are you scared of? Everything. 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 Actually, but yes, everything. <laughs> death, death, number one. But anything things that are very, very things are that are one hundred percent certain. Afraid of them. Yeah. <laughs> Can't do it. <laughs> I wonder why. Why I want to stay on my bed for the rest of my life. Yeah, it's safe we can do. I will look under the bed during the day as soon as it is nighttime I'm not going under there I literally I'll put my feet up if like a scary commercial comes on and I'm sitting on the couch I'll put my feet up because some shit's gonna come so out and grab my ankle perfect, it's a perfect opportunity I can't mm-hmm. watch anything scary at night I have to watch it in the, in the day Oh, last night I was, okay, so you know that the late bloomer kind of turned into this dark academia? Yeah, yeah. Society. I was listening to the opening of Haunted Mansion. It was on repeat. It got, and what I was writing got a little spooky. And I'm like, okay, no, like my leg is <laughs> hanging off the bed and I'm like, I got to finish this. I got to turn it in, but I also have to stay safe at the same time. So no, <laughs> no good <laughs> goblins are going to be. No, dude, I scare my like, um, okay. The when was this? I guess this was on Monday, too. Monday, when it started raining, did it rain for you and like thunder and lightning? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, <laughs> yeah, so, fucking windows. I know. I woke up in the middle of the night at like four in the morning 
and I fucking hear my door just like fucking jiggling. I was like, <laughs> I was like, this is my end. This is where it ends. I'm like, right. I have a fucking Jesus cross in my room, and I was looking, and I'm like, oh my god, my father and I never know really. <laughs> and um your religion's scary too what the hell i fucking i had to pee so i got my slippers and i put it on i was like oh my god i have to pee so bad i opened the door you want to know what the fuck it was the door to the bathroom was open and the window in the bathroom was open and the outside i was so mad i was like i was like oh my god i was shaking opening the door and i was like and I was like, nothing. And then I felt a breeze in the bathroom. And I was like, no, no, no. Ghosties. Ghosties. And I look and I was like, it's the fucking window to the bathroom that's open. Oh. And then I can hear outside. There's a bunch of trees. I heard all the trees like rustling. And I was like, it's fucking, it's wind. It's yeah. fucking wind. And I went back to sleep. And that was it. Mm-hmm. That's so. awful. <laughs> So spooky vibes for you guys. You know, it's Halloween yeah. season. Halloween. Halloween. Melissa, she, every, every time the season comes around, she's like, no, I'm not a weenie. Go away. <laughs> we hate Halloween for the longest time. We were so scared of Halloween. Really? I'm so scared of Halloween. Yeah. Every time no, we I'm still Halloween, scared of Halloween. I'm not really kids a came to the house with their freaking masks that pump blood and and I'm like, and we go to our grandma's house for Halloween, right? So I'm just like, I didn't go out. I didn't go outside when we were little. Every time a scary mask came to the door for trick or treat, no piece no. of shit. He's <laughs> a kid, <laughs> fucking kid. Yeah, and we used to have night terrors too. So I'm like, no, yeah, we were we were afraid, little girls. <laughs> I really, yeah, wasn't really like a big. I'm not like a diehard like big Halloween like stan at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really care about it so much. Like, I like the candy. Mm-hmm. I, like, I like the season just not the spooky i like the season yeah but hell no i cannot go into a haunted house i do not like being scared last year matt and i went out with um two with a, with a couple that we're really good friends with and we went to like this haunted like drive-in it was like an experience it was like one of those experiences yeah have your windows rolled down and you tune into a radio station and you're watching like a movie but it's oh, it's haunted so like things pop up out of nowhere oh no oh my god those were like the worst two hours of my life yeah, yeah, just, and at one point um matt and the guy leave it's uh matt's big his fraternity brother his his fraternity big they they leave and it's me and his girlfriend we're just like oh my god what the those assholes yeah (laughs) they went to go to the bathroom so you have to get out of the car and go yeah and then they fucking scared us when they came oh no i hate being scared i do not like being scared i do not like it i went to do you remember when Universal Studios had like that haunted house like year round? You could just like go in and like walk around. It was it the Walking Dead? Not the Walking Dead. It was like it was like kind of in the front entrance. Like it was just like a thing. You'd go in and you'd walk around. And it was like the Chucky's room and like fucking uh-huh. werewolf and blah blah blah. Like a mummy would pop out. Okay. I don't know. I went. I went when I was young, and my dad went in. My dad wanted to go in. And he was like, let's go. And I'm like, no, God, no, please. Yeah. I was like 10 or 12 or something like that. And 
I was I was already scared before everything started popping out. And then all of a sudden, somebody that's a fucking werewolf, they're like standing and then they go, ah, and I think they reached a little too far because they actually like touched me and I freaked out and I just went. Oh my God. I freaked out and I, <laughs> my, my wrist just swang. I think I missed. I don't, I, I don't think I hit this person, but my wrist fucking, <laughs> and the guy and the world was like, whoa, sorry. And I was like, ah! <laughs> you scared me. <laughs> oh God, no. No, I don't pay to be scared. Like, no. Or, okay, did you guys go trick or treating when you were younger? Yeah. Okay. Those fucking houses that turn themselves into a haunted house. Never. Fuck you guys. Never. Okay. I want my candy. I don't want to go through a fucking right. house just to get through the candy. Exactly. They do that so much over here. Um, over here. And I would go with my group of friends that lived in my neighborhood and they were a little bit older than me. So they were like, hee hee, it's going to be so much fun. And I'm like, absolutely fucking not. <laughs> and they would be like, let's go in the candy. I'm like, I'm staying right here. I do not need that candy. They'd be like, oh my God, they gave us like a caramel apple or like it was like a Snickers bar. I'm like, that's great. That's amazing. Let's get out of here. Right. What did I have to, like, what do you have to endure to get yeah. that candy apple? I'll just go buy one. I Day. went in once. I oh went in once because I because they're just like they're giving out really good candy and they're giving out like a dollar. I was like, oh, wait a minute, a dollar, <laughs> a dollar. <I> promise. <laughs> wait, are you for real? Yeah. Wait, are you serious? <laughs> Hell no. Dude, the freaking the freaking haunted house at the school creeped me out. It didn't creep me out. It stressed me out. And I knew who was scaring me. So I'm like, no, <laughs> shit. Yeah. I remember in high school, we had a haunted house. Um, we had a haunted house. I didn't fucking go in it. And I fucking planned the entire uh, October festival. Oh, you did? <laughs> yeah, I planned it. My, you planned it. Every year, I was in charge of it. First of all, it's such bullshit. We couldn't say Halloween festival because it was offensive. So we had to put a uh, harvest festival. What the fuck? Oh, because people don't celebrate a Halloween because blah blah blah. Whatever, yeah. Okay. I, I, I guess. guess. I guess, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll give it to you. But yeah, a harvest festival. I'm like, couldn't we have just said like Oktoberfest? Because harvest festival means that we're gonna bop for apples or something. Like, yeah, doing that's that nasty. <laughs> <laughs> don't get me started. But um, yeah, there. You know, yeah, we had to. I think at one point we had to go downstairs to see if everything was going well at the haunted house. I'm like, can some can somebody go downstairs and go check the haunted house? I'm busy up here. <laughs> you want to go with the lights on? <laughs> Everybody out. Everybody get out. I need to check the haunted house. Mm-hmm. Um, and I knew it was scary people too. But I just didn't, you know, I didn't I never went. I never went inside. Even yeah. in university, the haunted houses that they would do, the zombie run and shit or whatever it was, I didn't go. It was like run? No. <laughs> absolutely not run me no right like i'll be the i'll be the damsel yeah <laughs> come save me somebody that's the least amount of participation i'll do <laughs> i don't think we did i don't even remember doing anything for halloween like during college to be honest with you no did anything there was a like halloween party in north hall 
Oh, like those little, those little like orange the pumpkin, Yeah, the pumpkin carving thing. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't really do anything like that that know. last fall semester. Yeah, I can't really remember. Oh, well, that Halloween was like that thing that they were doing on the quad. Yeah. That's Halloween. I remember that. I don't even know what I did last I don't even know what I did last Halloween, like last year. No, well, obviously, fucking nothing. Yeah. We had our family over, but that was it. I mean, that's always, we always do that. You can't just play video games. <laughs> oh, Halloween. Oh, Halloween. How I love you. I don't think I'm doing anything for Halloween anyway. I always just chill at my grandma's house. That's like perfect for me. <laughs> well, I think uh, I think this is this is where we should stop, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. Drifted. <laughs> yeah, that was. We went from mental health to very uh, Halloweeny mm-hmm. stuff. That was that was good though because yeah, by the t- I mean by the time we record another podcast it's almost close to halloween so yeah it'll probably be november mm-hmm. who knows who knows we know and you'll just have to find out everybody yep yep well thank you guys so much for listening um i hope you really enjoyed this episode and all of our episodes and overall our podcast please make sure to follow us on instagram m and t figure it out just one thing um you can catch us on youtube as well if you would like to watch us talk and we're on spotify and apple podcast for those who just want to listen and uh, yeah, anything else you want to say, Marina? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, Trisha, you covered pretty much everything. Oh, okay, cool. Um, by the time, so yeah, by the time these podcast episodes come out, it will already be our launch date, which is October twenty seventh. Yes. Yes, October 27th. Um, so, yeah. Please make sure to follow us on Instagram. That's where we're going to be posting the most. And you can see little highlights that we'll have on Reels and just fun pictures that we will be sharing. Oh, and if you have any suggestions on topics, uh, leave them in the comments. Yes. Get a hold of us on Instagram. And if we know them, <laughs> we'll talk about them. Yeah. <laughs> And if um I don't know in the future if any anybody would like to come on and and participate that would be fun as well. Mm-hmm. Not yet, but we'll we'll announce. <laughs> that would be really cool. Not yet, but yeah, we'll you know we'll we'll put it out there. But yeah, so really important. Make sure you follow us on Instagram. That's where we're gonna update the most about our mm-hmm. podcast. And um yeah, other than that. You can uh, just keep listening to our episodes. And we'll, we'll catch you next time. We'll catch you next time. We'll see you guys and talk to you guys next time.
goodbye. Bye. <laughs> we'll get better at this. We'll get oh, better. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's like we're talking to the ether and then we're talking to each other on the screen. Okay. And it's cool. <laughs> yeah. okay. Bye, bye, guys. We'll see Come you later. Guys. <laughs> get out of here. Bye. <laughs>